pero Exactly, because I told Mike, be like, hey, I'm going to be in Tampa in July. Let's meet up. And then he, all he did was show me a picture of the map. I'm like, but never mind. Yeah. <laughs> I think I That's did, like I did a whole... uh, you know, Panama City all the way to Tampa. But it was like nine hours. I'm like, dude, bro, no. <laughs> yeah. Like, Damn, cool, never mind. That's, That's, like, That's like the equivalent of Mississippi and Louisiana. Yeah, about right. Not quite a little, but you know. I get to Louisiana in three hours. I can actually get to New no, Orleans in three hours. I'm saying from there to there, like the distance, because oh, yeah. You know, yeah, driving Mississippi, Louisiana, like it's pretty quick. Mike, Texas. how far are you from Phoenix City? Me? No, Mike. You're Mikey. Oh. He's Mike. <laughs> Phoenix City? Yeah, Phoenix that? City, Alabama. Oh shit, Alabama. I don't know. I'd have to look that one up. FLA. So Florida is FLA, which is fucking Lower Alabama. Yeah, I know it is. Oh, my brother, my brother lives there. I'm gonna try to come down this winter. Anyway, see where uh, I digress. Let me see where Phoenix is spelled the same way, or is it P? No, P H E N I X. Or it would be the Alabama way of spelling Phoenix. Wow. Yeah, yeah. we couldn't figure out where to put the O, so we just took it out. Them <laughs> letters is confusing, folks. Nice. All right, cool. Literacy is important, children. What? What is that? Literacy. Is that that CRT? CRT. It's an them liberals trying to teach in our schools. I am liberals. That's a big misconception, too. Do you know how many conservatives there are in education? Oh, my God. Like, (laughs) there there are, you know, it's almost like teachers are people that come from the population. Weird, right? It's so weird. It's so weird. Like, like you become a teacher and you walk (laughs) through this seance and become a liberal or something. It makes no sense to me. The way to be, you know, get your teaching degree that you have to stop to the re-education center or something. Yeah, don't get me started about the uh, the path to become a teacher. Some bullshit out here in California. You go tell you, but you know, people people have this thing in their mind. Like, you go through this, like ritual that's taking place at a Starbucks and they're throwing avocado and keto at you or something like (laughs) it's a baptism with fucking quinoa (laughs) time out Mikey you're Hispanic right Mm -hmm. you're allergic to fucking avocado yeah yeah let's let's go back rewind (laughs) I know that was about eight minutes ago but the fuck Okay, yeah. here, here's what happened. So, first and foremost, I prefer the word Latino because Hispanic is something that the white people came up with to generalize the rest of the public. So. Fair enough. Fair. And I'm not, and I'm not calling, and I'm just saying it in general because people don't know that. So it's like, but anyways. Yeah, can we talk about that? Let's put a pin in that and she come back go. because that is a problem yeah. in Texas. I've, I've run into that issue. Yes. It's a problem here in Washington as well. Yeah, anyway, so we'll come back to that. But so here's what had happened. So apparently... My genetics could only lead one way. Mom is Mexican. Dad is Puerto Rican. 
So it was either be allergic to avocados because I was both allergic to avocados and bananas when I was fairly young. And somewhere along the way, as I developed as a human being, the genetics decided that, you know what? We're going to lean more towards the Puerto Rican side. So you're not going to be allergic to bananas. So you really pissed off Quetzalcoatl. <laughs> Apparently. Jesus. <laughs> I feel, I'm sorry, man. Like, yeah, that sucks. Because avocados, they, I'm, listen, there's that millennial yeah, trait. Fuck, fuck both of you. There it is. There it is. There it is. But avocados are delicious. Like, I love guacamole. Like, I was like guacamole. 41 before I tried an avocado. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> it's a green potato. What is this shit? I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> what level okay. of allerg- uh, allergy is it? Is it just like <clears throat> oh, a little bit, or is it like going to kill you? Yeah. It's not I mean, going I, to. I could be discomforted. I would, could have guacamole. So it's more of a discomfort thing. And plus, like, the back of my throat starts to itch, and then my skin turns a little bit red, but oh, not okay. to the point where I can't breathe. But it is mild discomfort. And having kids point out, be like, Mr. L, you're turning red. I'm like, I know, I ate an avocado. Shut up. <laughs> you consider that it's actually like a superpower, like Popeye eating spinach, and you just didn't let it fully morph. Develop, yeah. Yeah, but then when you have sixth graders who are also Latino calling you out for not being able to have avocados, you just go home and cry for a little bit, but then you get over it. <laughs> I mean, <No>. fair. <laughs> No, okay, so now let's go back to that. So let's about go, this Latino. Let's thing. go back to, to the to the yeah to the delineation. The, the yes, definition. I, I need of, to, I need I need to be educated here. I I want to be educated here. Okay, so uh, really quickly, so which is crazy because like when especially now when you fill out forms and it asks you please pick your ethnicity right, and it goes through the typical ones like Alaskan, Native American, um, all that good stuff, right, and then. When you go to, it's weird because then you go to ethnicity and race. It's like ethnicity. There's, I was just like, hmm, because there's like no Latino and all that. In fact, Hispanic is on when you fill out the form. Hispanic is on the race side. It's not even underneath part of the ethnicity. Right. So I'm like, okay. So ethnicity, the closest thing I am is Caucasian for whatever reason. Don't ask me why. Fair. But, the term Hispanic, especially for those of us who are very deeply rooted into our culture and things like that, Hispanic was a term that was created as an oversimplification to kind of group all the different cultures of Latino culture into one in America. I'd be like, oh, you know, it's because for some reason, it was too hard for people to be like, you're Mexican, you're Puerto Rican, you're Cuban, all that kind of good stuff. Didn't it also have anything to do with Hispaniola as well? <laughs> I mean, from a historical standpoint, from a, just yep. from a historical standpoint. Yep, that did play a factor into okay. it. I'm just like, it's not that hard, you guys. Like, it's really not. I Granted, there's a lot of Latin cultures out there, both in North and oh, South yeah. America. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, like South American Latin cultures, like they get their own thing is like Brazilian, Argentinian, like for some reason, America can get that down. But then it comes to the rest of us that are in the North American. So like Mexico, Puerto Rico, Cuba, like all that stuff is like, yeah, we'll just group you all together. I'm like, no, that's not how that works. If South America could get it right, you can get it right, too. Yeah. Okay. so trying to trying to understand this and, and I'm being completely legitimate and I'm kind of playing devil's advocate here 
just for anybody who's trying to understand this distinction. So somebody from Spain, right? That's Europe. Mm-hmm. We would call that person a Spaniard? Yes. Okay. Somebody from um, Latin America, that's Latino, right? So is there a difference between Latin America and Mexico? In terms of what you, term you use, per se? Like, is, is a person from Mexico... Would a person from Mexico be offended if you call them Latino rather than call them Mexican? Because here in well, Texas, it's all over the place, man. People get offended by everything. Just just tossing that out there. So, okay. So, if this makes any sense. So, Hispanic versus Latino. Unfortunately, it's always interchangeable depending on where you are true, and who you're true. talking to. Okay. So, the basis is what I tell people is, is that while the two are used interchangeably, they both have different meanings. So, the word Latino is just a general term to kind of refer to somebody who comes from some sort of Latin American country, whether it's a North or South. So that part. Now, Hispanic is the term that was created as a generalization to refer to individuals who either speak Spanish or have a background in a Spanish-speaking country, which, if unless you don't break it down to its finite parts, that's pretty much all of the Latin countries. So some form of Spanish, whether it be regular Spanish or Portuguese or that kind of stuff. Or mom. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's like one of those things is not the worst thing, but I just don't like being generalized because even with, and this is the other tangent too, people have ran with that shit for so long because we get generalized, but then it also comes some internal strife. So like, for instance, like, And I can say this because I've experienced it and most other Latin cultures understand this too. Like in North America, it's like everybody is called Hispanic, but like the Cubans hate Mexicans and Puerto Ricans because Cubans. Yeah, because the Cubans believe they're the highest superiority. So them and Puerto Rico don't get along, but they also don't get along with uh, the Mexicans. And thus in turn, Puerto Ricans and Mexicans don't get along with the Cubans. But then they'll take it a step further. Even Mexicans don't get along with other Mexicans, especially between those who are 100% Chicano versus what they call the uh, mutts, which me and my younger brother are because we're not full 100 pure blood Mexican. We're Mexican and Puerto Rican. It's a very fascinating conversation to it, have. With it people. really is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. So let me get your. I already know, like, I have a. I mean, a lot of experience in Latino cultures. I grew up in a very heavily latin city your thoughts sir on the latinx delineation i was gonna ask i was gonna ask (laughs) all right where do we start (laughs) because let me tell Uh, you people get mad yeah all right where do i want to start with this (laughs) (laughs) devil's door has been open honestly like now, granted, Latinx it has been a newer term, so it was something coined by, God, I can't believe I'm saying this, but the younger generation of Latinos and Latinas in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm all for it in the sense because they want, they're taking back the narrative and kind of pushing back against the term Hispanic, which even sounds whitewashed when you say it out loud, but <laughs> fair. I'm all, I'm all for it, and you know, I when people be like, oh, you're part of the 
Latinx community, I'm like, technically, no, not really. Because if you're following the rules of generations, I'm past that point. But I love seeing the younger generation make an attempt and, you know, to take that name. To own the heritage. To own the heritage. Yeah. Which, which, I mean, by definition, if you look at history, too, everyone's just like, I'm like, you guys, you do realize that Mexico maintained control of the majority of the Western United States, right? And all that was Mexico until they got pushed back and pushed out. I'm like, nobody truly owns this country. The only people who truly own it are Native Americans. But that's a different discussion for a different day. Oh, Lord. Hell, they're really up. Mikey dropping knowledge, and he doesn't even have a beard, folks. I know. That's impressive. It is it's like what Chad said. When I put on the glass, it makes me smarter for some reason. I, I, that is, yeah, it's a superpower. He Clark Kented it. <laughs> now, they might yeah. have an adverse effect for you, not Mike. They it. might not make you smarter. They might make you more of a smart ass, so to speak. Is that even possible with him? Well, I'm, I, was, else. Yeah. I left my glasses downstairs or I would have joined the party, but. <laughs> No, thanks. But Mikey, thank you for that. Because they're uh, number one. Sorry for using the word Hispanic. I don't know why I did it. I hardly ever use it. So I'm an asshole. I'm a dick. And I apologize for that. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, oh, God. Yes. That DeSantis is coming out, bro. (laughs) You son of a bitch. Does that have purple in it? Or is it just the shadow in your room? That shadow. Okay. (laughs) For the listening audience. Mikey is here. He, he came back with the full-on wig, so. Uh... <laughs> That's going on TikTok, folks. He's the there bearded vegan teacher now, apparently, because that wig is giving me vegan teacher vibes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget, I am retired military. <laughs> I can fly across the country for free of charge. I will jump my butt on a Mac flight. <laughs> I'll cool. meet you. I'll meet you at uh, Joint Base Lewis McCord. Be like, meet me. At, okay, then, like Ice Cube, meet me in the parking lot. Let's go. <laughs> okay, oh, but uh, you know, I think we. I think that's a bigger blow than calling me Desantis. I'm just gonna say it. Yeah, that is that one. Did it hurt a little bit? Not really. I mean, it's it's offensive, but I'm. It's you know words. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, but that is your that is your piece of history or culture knowledge for the episode. So go figure. I like it. Yeah, and I think it it builds really well into what we're talking about because you know how do we navigate this shit as teachers? How do we navigate (laughs) the the cultural intersection, right? And and we've got. I mean, do you draw the line where? Is there a line? I don't. Yeah. It's it's not as easy as people make it sound because here in Texas, I can tell you, you name it, it's political. People people say, oh, that's not a political issue. You can talk about bullshit. Everything in the state of Texas is political. If you post it on social media as an educator, you are putting your job at risk. I don't care yeah. what it is. You put a Bring picture of yourself drinking a beer, anything. It's political. Yeah, it's... So... <laughs> And it's very interesting, too, because for so, for instance, so me and Brett have the lovely uh, job of teaching middle school students. So getting their perspective on a lot of things is very interesting. 
And obviously it's going to be completely different when you present the same question to a high school student as in Mike and Chad teach with high schoolers. I'll, I'll be honest, like if nothing too crazy happens to them at before they get to middle school, like I'm very interested to see the thinking processes for this current crop of middle school students passing through right now. Right. Mm. Just because in the last five years that I've been teaching, it's been very interesting to see where they stand on certain things and just like what they value important. And at least from where I teach at in California, I'm noticing a lot of the incoming middle schoolers are more of the free thinking, question everything, like what's the motive behind it kind of thing. And I'm like, you know what? That's not a bad thing. I, I think that's true with a lot of the students I've been teaching in high school. I've noticed progressively, uh, and, and folks, progressively is not a bad term, and it doesn't mean liberal. No. <laughs> it's it's an evolutionary term. Uh, but progressively, I've seen students becoming more and more disaligned with these factional kind of ways of parsing out society. So you can, for example... I had a transgender student in my in my class last year in this, in one period with a staunch Trump supporter, and they were friends. They went at each other constantly, but they were friends, and they found common ground that adults can't. I mean, can't. Um, and it was interesting to see. But when they would get out of line, I was able to regulate. You know, hey, 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 you guys are you're crossing a line here. Um. But it's interesting to see how this particular group of students seems to be able to look at individual issues separate from party affiliation. They don't even care about the party affiliation. They can look at things a lot more objectively. Um, at least that's what I'm seeing from my perspective. Yeah, I'm seeing that as uh, as well. Like like you said, I had one. Um, I had one student who was. Uh, Cowboy boots, cowboy hat, that was his whole persona, adamant Trump supporter. You know, he was the greatest president ever. And then I had the other end of that spectrum of... Uh, and they would go back and forth. But they were able to sit there and go, we can still have a voice. I'm seeing right. more and more, and... Uh, it's, it's odd because I just saw it was uh, Bernie Sanders. There was a little clip on him talking about uh, stepping away from the two-party system. I think these kids are starting to really stop pushing the idea of identity politics, mm -hmm. more acceptance of individuals as they are. It doesn't matter, you know... I've got my first um, student that came up to me and said, I identify as he, him. And I'm like, crap. Um, I will never really intentionally, purposefully miss, but I'm a visual person, so if I accidentally, please forgive me. I'm like, okay, cool. But these kids are starting to have their individual identities, which are not tied to, I guess you can almost say, generational understanding. They are, they're going, guess what? I can still be a fiscal conservative, but believe in progressive policies. Sure. Mm -hmm. I can do this. They're, 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 they're not locking themselves into one side or the other. Right. Yeah, they seem to be That's a lot the, more rational. 
Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the uh, elder generation, uh, people who are still older than myself, that I think what hurts, and that's why you get so much pushback, is because these kids are identifying outside of their normal, uh, the parents' normal understanding, and these, te- and like us as teachers, look and go, you know what? I'm trying to meet these kids at individual. That means I have to be accepting of all this. And mm-hmm. that's being perceived as something as, you know, this, what they think is CRT or wokeness or indoctrination. When right. all we're really doing is just accepting what these kids are and what they're coming to us as. Yeah. And there, there lies the problem. Um, you know, a lot of the CRT stuff gets connected to, phobias you know it's it's if you have and i see these posts all the time if a teacher has pronouns in the profile i don't trust them with my kid let's look at what you just said you just said if a teacher singular has pronouns in her singular and gender profile i don't trust them you just used a plural pronoun in a singular sense which we've been doing for decades and all of a sudden you've got a problem with it but you don't even see that you're doing it uh, you know and that's just one example of the the non-reality we're living in but a lot of these kids i think they've seen what the adults have done and they've said we don't want to be like that i don't want to be part of that generation because all i have to do to, is say to my students uh, it's kind of like when people post to Facebook and I get audible groans, like choral oh, response. They're like, yeah. yeah. And and they, and they stop and they'll, they'll have that conversation. They'll say, yeah, my mom is always posting this stuff. Like she doesn't even read the articles. Like their awareness is, is there. They're getting progressively more aware of the problems and that. look out world because these kids are starting to run for office. Mm-hmm. They're, and they are they are a no holds barred generation. <laughs> They're becoming self aware. Yeah, kind of shit. No, but that's these kids are coming out and becoming their own. And I think, like you said, it scares the crap out of parentals, the ones in power, the ones in authority. And they're like, "How do we control this?" Mm-hmm. They're like you said, "What do they do?" They start pushing laws. Mm-hmm. It's not the kids, you know. I understand if you have a legit issue, or, or an, a legit issue with, you know, certain genders in certain bathrooms. You know, if you have a legit reasoning for it, like there's an actual problem at at, at a location. And if there's not a problem, but we're pushing a law that dictates it. Mm-hmm. What's the driving factor here? Like you said, Jed, it was fear. They're afraid of what could happen. Not that right. it is happened, has happened, or will happen. It's the fact that it could happen in their mind. They're like, that's a fear, and we need to stop it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is, which is a self-fulfilling prophecy. If we're afraid this thing will happen and we start taking actions to prevent it from happening, we're spiraling toward it. You know? If a parent says, I don't want my kids to get involved in this thing, so I'm going to lock them down 
so that they stay away from it. That kid's going to gravitate towards it. Don't think about white elephants. There's nothing you can do. You're going to think about white elephants. And when you when you try to control a population and say, we're, we're not going to have voter fraud. We've got to stop voter fraud. We've got to stop it. We've got to stop it. Um, everything starts so looking like voter everything fraud. Start, everything starts looking like voter fraud. Uh, and if you have a society that is used to not chasing the information, not searching out the sources, not seeking validate, uh, the validation of the sources, it's, it's just a problem. And it's ironic. It really is that the people perpetuating this stuff are the same people who are screaming, check your sources, right. but you're not checking your sources. Um, you, you know, read the article before you post, do your research, but you're not, you're, you're posting and they, they come back at you and they say, uh, do your research. And then they just post a headline. Come on, man. The news is more than that, that five seconds it takes to read the headlines where you read the headline, get your opinion. That's why, you know, there's a fun, great website, and um, I'm not sponsored by these guys, so I don't think it's one of those things. But there's an app, it's called All Sides, A-L-L-S-I-D-E-S, and it actually will show you a left-leaning article, a right-leaning mm-hmm. article, and a central article on the same topic. And you can just, in the headlines alone, see the, you know, the the sensationalization, the fear mongering that they put it out there, where a what emphasis they have on certain words, trying to get these people wild up, and then you dig into the article. If you don't have that critical thinking skills to go, okay, what actually are they saying here? It's just going yeah. to sit there. Yeah, it's and that's why you know I, I actually tell my kids I'm like you if you're only looking at one source wrong i said yeah, i actually go to the other side if i you know if i have a conservative viewpoint on one thing i actually look for a, a liberal source on it so i can see what the other side is actually saying and vice versa so i could yeah. so i don't just pigeonhole myself to uh, you, these talking heads because when's the last time did you ever see a news article or sorry um type of uh news reporting was actually reporting the news what's that (laughs) exactly i mean um they're commenting on the news exactly chad you'll remember it uh the millennials won't um yeah we're gonna keep that joke running for as long as we can i love it i'm here for it (laughs) yeah do you remember headline news back in the day oh yeah it would come across and it was quick snips about the news here are facts Here's what we know. And, and moving on. on. Yep. And it, w- it was on a complete cycle. And that's, and I was like, God, wh- what wouldn't you give for that right now? I don't want to know what somebody's take on the news is. I don't want you to tell me what you think somebody was doing. I want to know facts about what was going on. And that is it. Yeah, there was this shift. There was this huge shift. Uh, and I would say around the, the late 80s, early 90s, where they started getting into commenting on the news and bringing in panelists and experts and and things like that versus it was Dan Rather saying, here's what happened, move forward, or Ted Koppel and and those guys. And they were just saying, here's what happened. And they might have an expert on to bring understanding. Like, can you explain to us what nuclear fusion is? 
not exactly, yeah. the dangers of nuclear fusion. Just tell us what is nuclear fusion. Okay, thank you. And moving on. The only time you had commentary was satire, like on Saturday Night Live, things like that. Uh, but then people wanted somebody to explain the news to them. Because we start moving into a faster society, more things going on, people working double jobs, all the different things going on. Somebody please explain the news to me. Well, that's was, inevitable. Uh, Go ahead. It was about the time, and I remember it was in the mid to, I want to say it was almost, sorry, the late 90s, where they actually interviewed most college students. And do you know where they were getting their news sources? Uh, their their most favorite news source was MSNBC. No, John Stewart. On John. Oh, the Daily Show. Oh, yeah. the, the satirical. Yeah. Yeah, and so that is to me when you got to start seeing a lot more of this commentary on the news. I'm going to tell you the news, but I'm going to also give you my two cents on it. And that's when you started seeing no more of these anchor desks. Hey, let me provide the news for you and let you think on your own. Let me put everybody around this table and sit there and drink our coffee during the morning, Joe. Or the and have a panel. Red catch. Those panels, everybody, you know, let's get everybody and let's just talk about the news. And I want, you know, why do you care about my two cents? Because I'm a celebrity. Yeah. Yeah, and that was... That was the same time when reality TV was really taking off, and that's what people wanted. People did not want, they wanted a more immersive, more interactive experience. As we become more disconnected with each other in the physical world, we need more connection. And so uh, the reality show gives me an escape from my fucked up reality, and the news, somebody explaining it to me, if I watch this channel, they make it seem not as bad. If I watch right. this one, they make it seem worse. But now it's just make it all worse, right? It's just feed the fear, feed the fear, feed the fear, uh, which fuels the fire. To the point now where you have people literally calling for actual civil war and people trying to break into FBI offices and nobody able to make sense of and, and figure out where the actual truth is anymore. But I mean, Mike, I go back to what you say. For us as educators in the classroom, how do we navigate this? It's just accept people for who they are. Because my job is not to tell them who to be. My job is to teach them. True. That one gets me more than anything, is that we have to try to control. Does your student become more or less a person because they want to identify as another gender? they want to like somebody of the same sex what what changes in them or what do what do people think that changes in them that they don't deserve to be treated like human beings or deserve a positive education right exactly as teachers we don't care what you're doing unless it's disrupting our lesson yeah exactly and, you know, think about, our, think about your childhood. I remember being five years old and going through a phase of saying my parents' first name. Like, I'm going to call you by your first name. And my parents, but my parents were very, they were, you know, my mom was like, my dad wasn't having it, but my mom laughed and said, okay, 
what's my first name? And uh, she told she told me, and I said, okay. And after about a half hour, I was like, mommy, I don't think you like that. She was like, I don't really, but I wanted to let you try it out. And I went back to calling her mom, you know, and who in their right mind thinks a child, a 14-year-old, 13-year-old, 12-year-old, has everything figured out? And as they're experimenting, as they're thinking through things, as they're processing a billion hormones at once, am I the teacher supposed to sit there and tell them how to accept the world and define it? No. My job is to teach them how to write an essay and how to read and how to communicate. My job is not to tell them what to believe in and who to worship or who to vote for or who to follow. That's not my job. They think that's what we're, that's what we're there because they don't. No, they think that's what we're doing. They think yeah, that's what that's we're what, doing. Yeah. They, they think they, we're, we're, we're there to, to we're going to be teaching them everything about life that because they're away from we, they don't know how to teach their kids to be adults. They are going, oh, these, they're going to teach them everything. You know, when you got kids that ask you questions and you're just like, um, do I cover this? Do I, do I walk them through this? Do I walk away from this? Because I never want to tell a student that, hey, I don't know. Or I'll tell a kid if I don't know, I don't know. But, I, you know, if somebody's got a, a hook into something and they want to know, like to share it with them because they 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 found something that educate you know something in education that you know say hey can you teach me about this yeah, yeah I can do that it's really difficult you know if I have a if I have a student come up to me let's say I have a heterosexual male student comes to me and says Mr. Pettit I like this girl how do I introduce myself suddenly it's okay it's okay for me to say something to that kid. But then I have the same kid come to me who is a gay male student. Mr. Pettit, I like a boy. Suddenly it's not okay for me to talk to that kid. No. That's a problem. It is. Because me, it's not my job to tell that student what's right, what's wrong, what's acceptable, what's not. Now, what I could do is step back from both situations and say... I think you should talk to your parents and get that kind of advice or, you know, someone else. I could do that. And there are some people that say, yeah, that's absolutely what you should do. Step back. You teach the curriculum. But try. Try working in a public school and living that kind of life. Try being exactly. the educator that never has those conversations. It's not going to happen. Also... Uh, be an educator not only sticks to the curriculum, but builds a lasting relationship with your students. Right. So let's build that lasting relationship with our students. Uh, Mr. Colley, I like a boy. So I'm going to need you to go see your counselor. Yeah. You know, so so we're going to make that kid feel rejected and unaccepted? Completely ostracized. Yeah, and absolutely. Boom. It's No. Kid comes to me and says, Mr. Pettit, I'm having trouble coming out to my parents. I'm just a sounding board. What's the problem? What's wrong? Why are you having trouble? Um, I'm not going to say, here's what you do. I'm never in a position where I give 100% advice. No. We're Sorry, there to help. We're there to help protect our kids. We're there to help them make them feel comfortable in better in situations where they may not feel comfortable. And, you know, I had quite a few young sixth graders. I want to come out to my parents. I just don't know how. I said, okay, why don't you know how? Are, are they going to be mad? 
are you in danger if you come out and say anything? Asking questions like that. And then, like, if they go any deeper than that, well, you know, that's it's it's probably going to be a very tough conversation. I can imagine, blah, blah, blah. But you're there as someone that they can rely on. Yeah. And, and if they can't rely on you, well, then trying to teach them goodbye. Yeah, because the research is proven again and again and again. Kids do not learn from people they don't like or trust. Hold on a second. You used an R word in there that not a lot of people outside of the educational world are going to understand. Can you research? That's the word. Research. Yes. I was close. Respect. <laughs> oh, shit. There's that one, too. Yeah, no, there's, there's another R that a lot of people outside of the educational world don't understand. Okay. Yeah. So, so Mikey, um, I, I, I'm interested to see now that you're back because Mikey disappeared for about an hour. He, he left us. We were afraid. We were filling the steps. Yeah. If you couldn't tell, yeah, you missed the um, You teach at a private school, right? <laughs> how how do you navigate this stuff? That's a great question. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. So a lot of the times, so in the middle school level of all the teachers, I either most, and again, this is only going to be my second year at this new uh, private school I'm at, but from what I've been able to observe, most of the middle school students of all the middle school teachers we have will either tend to go to the eighth grade language arts teacher, or they will go to me, the all middle school math teacher. And as far as how I navigate it, it, it just depends. So granted, I, I can be a little more open and honest and relate a little more to certain conversations. Uh, but I'm, I'm just the way I navigate it is, is I'm honest with my students to a point. So the way I present it. So, for instance, um, when during this past school year, one of our conversations in homeroom was um right after the recent uh, shooting that happened, right? Mm -hmm. And so my principal, she told all of us teachers across all the grade levels, um, you know, when, like, if a student asks, don't shy away from having a conversation, but here is kind of, and she just told us we could have a conversation with them, but try to stay away from speculation and try not to bring too much of your personal biases in it. But she said, just be open and honest with them and just answer it. I trust you guys to do it. And if parents come back with whatever, then I will help you and I will defend you because these are conversations that need to happen. So, but homeroom only is supposed to be for about 15, 20 minutes before we get into our first class. But thankfully we have the flexibility with our schedule where all the middle school teachers, we kept all of our students in for about an hour each and just had an open forum and conversation. So with my sixth graders, a lot of the questions were ranging, well, why does this happen? What, you know, how can somebody do this? And more importantly, too, they even asked, do we have a plan in place? Like, what's if something were to happen on our campus? Like, what are we going to do? And granted, most sixth graders are 10, 11 at this point. For them to ha ask these kinds of questions, I'm like, God damn, what, what happened? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's young. But I'm just open and honest with them. And I told them, listen, there are some messed up things in the world. There are messed up people in the world. And I told them, I'm like, you guys are going to find out as you get older 
that you guys are going to encounter some very tough situations. And then there's a lot of things going out because then it just evolved into most sixth graders, like talking about other issues like racism and like somebody wanted to know, like black lives matter and all that kind of stuff. And it's tough because one, as was mentioned before, we want to be the sounding board for our students to rely on. But at the same time, sometimes we find ourselves in the position that we're the only adults in this child's life that actually will have this conversation with them. So when I when I talk to students about certain things, I I just keep it factual. I think the toughest conversation that I had, and thankfully I didn't get any pushback from it, is one of the students asked me a question that was very philosophical in nature, but also very psychological in nature because they wanted to know because they were having a conversation with their like family members. And this is an eighth grader. And she asked me, she's like, hey, Mr. L, what's the difference between gender identity and sexual orientation? Right. And I'm just like, hmm, do I answer in the back of my mind? I'm like, okay, someone state of Texas, you didn't answer that question. Right. Probably if I was somewhere else, I'd be like, you know, that is an excellent question. You should probably ask, I don't know. Anyone else. Anyone else. (laughs) But again, I got my degree in psychology, so I feel I have a little bit of background knowledge to it. I'm like, well, okay, let's talk about it. So, oh, no, it was gender versus gender, like identity and whatnot. No, sex versus gender is the question they asked. Sorry. So I told him, well, okay. And again, I'm just speaking based on information presented. So for those listening to the podcast, don't come for me. You can look it up yourself. Look at the medical definition, all that stuff. So I told the student, I was like, well, okay, so here's how it is. So according to so-and-so, and I presented the article to them and like the actual facts so the students could see this is actually, I'm not making this out of like talking out of my ass when I'm talking about this. But by this definition, sex refers to the genetic makeup in which somebody is made, so either male or female. Realistically, there are only two sexes because biologically speaking, there's only two. Gender refers to the social norms and the personal identification that an individual associates themselves with when it comes to how they view their body, how they view their morals, all that kind of stuff, and just the overall social construct aspect of it. And again, I provided some facts and I showed them. So what I try to do is if I'm having conversations with students, if I need to, I present evidence through scholar articles or like reliable sources. So that way, in case my principal comes back and says, a parent told me that you had this conversation. I'm like, yeah. And here's the information I presented. Here's exactly what I said. And I have Mm -hmm. the empirical evidence to back it up. I think the problem, not not with what you're saying, because you're trying to show the research behind what you're saying. The problem is somebody says, well, if it's a scholarly article, it's ob- automatically a liberal. They're all biased. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, we can't fucking win. There's there's no winning when someone is convinced that if you have a degree, you're dumber now and you're indoctrinated. So if you have a degree, you went to a college, you are now a liberal. And these are college educated people saying this. These are college educated politicians saying these colleges are corrupting people. Was it corrupt when you went there? I define I, I corruption. Can't. I can't, I can't with this man. It's, it's ridiculous. Like it's get, it's getting out of control. It, it It's getting extremely out of control. You know, I, 
I had a conversation with a student last year who was just furious with another teacher, uh, transgender student, and a teacher who had professed their religion to the student and had had a conversation with him about how, you know, I'm not going to use pronouns, all this, you know, they had that conversation and the teacher thought the conversation went well and there was an agreement. From the student side, it was just smile and nod and walk away so that I don't get any repercussions. Came to me just all sorts of upset. What do I do? I'm, 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 how does that make you feel? Uh, hi. You know, I don't know how to handle this. I don't, I don't know what the, the correct, there's no book that says, here's how you handle this situation. There's no, I grab a card and say, okay, step one, student is in front of you. It doesn't exist. Everything that's happening in the camera right now is just so weird. I, I can't pull the pinata out first. Sorry, I, I tried. Um, I didn't pull out a pinata. I was given a pinata. There's a difference. But so back to Chad's point. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Fucking Tigger messed me up. Um, <laughs> we can't even be serious without fucking around. But honestly, it's a way for us to kind of. There's a lot yeah. of heaviness to these kinds of topics, and we got to break yeah. it with a little bit of yeah. lightness. We and need to dissociate like, a little bit with Tigger. We have to. We as- oh, Tigger. <laughs> oh, Christopher Robin. Um, like, I feel like. Never mind. I'm not going to get on that tangent. That tangent is going to take us deeper and darker than I think we need to be. No, let's get honest. That's what we're here for. No, no, no. I don't want to go there today. I don't have enough caffeine sitting by me. Okay, we'll revisit that at a later time then. And I'm not and I'm not hobbling my crippled ass downstairs to grab more coffee. Yeah. More coffee's always a good thing. Let's just yes. sidebar more There's coffee. There's never such a word as too much coffee. I have a sign in my if room the that says is coffee. coffee. The answer is yes. Always. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a sign in my room that says coffee. If you're not shaking, have another cup. Yeah. I think I'm going to dump my coffee out. You son of a... Hardest question you should have to ask. Is it too late for coffee? Too early for alcohol? Ooh. There we go. There's the rub. Well, in college, I mean, Irish coffees were great at 8 a.m. classes. College? Period? (laughs) I... No, okay. So, I actually had a really nasty administrator my first go around and we'd have meetings in the morning before COVID hit um, when I got there and I'd walk down and one morning I forgot my coffee and I was just like, it was sitting on my desk. I was grumpy as hell. And then, so someone's like, I'll go get it for you. So they ran, they had to go upstairs anyway and they grabbed my coffee desk and it's like fucking Smeagol. My precious. The principal came over and opened it, sniffed it, took a drink, and said, I literally thought you were an alcoholic. And I said, excuse me, what? And I said, when uh, was the last time you were in a classroom? And I got on a little soapbox and said, when was the last time you were in a classroom? You don't have natural energy. I don't care who you are. No. And the things that you are requiring of us teachers, coffee is my lifeblood. Now, if you have nothing else to say, then let's go ahead and get onto the PD. But if you want to continue talking about my coffee, I'm going to go back up to my room 
And then someone can text me when the PD starts because I'm not going to deal with you right now. I grabbed my coffee, grabbed my computer, got up and walked the fuck out. I'm going to draw this line in the sand. Here's a hill I'll die on. Teaching without coffee is worse than a man cold. Bro, yes. Yep. Yes. John. John. I mean, how does one do this? I, I I hear I see teachers and they're like, I don't drink coffee, and I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm like, I, this me. takes me back to our conversation we had with somebody yesterday, Chad. I was. You've got to be shitting me. <laughs> bloody hell! Like, are you bloody kidding me? <laughs> uh, unreal. Like, yeah, I don't drink coffee. No, I don't understand what you're saying. Are you using words? Like, I don't... It, it sounds like drink, English, but not English. You know what really pisses me off? When people say, oh, I don't drink coffee, I drink tea. They're not the same! <laughs> That's apples to watermelons. That's not even apples to oranges. They're not even in the same ballpark. If somebody That's hands me a hot steaming mug of Earl Grey, it's not the same thing as some dark... Dirty leaf water. Fucking... My, uh, my, my students training up boiling water. My, just, uh, my students are like, so how do you how do you drink your coffee, Mister Collie? I said, I like my coffee like I like my soul, as dark as it can be and bitter. <laughs> and they're like, you don't drink creamer? And I said, not at seven o'clock in the morning. That's. <laughs> then of course imagine. I found I found iced coffee this summer, and I was like. Actually, not as bad as I thought it was. Damn! You remember, the, you remember the conversation we had earlier about where you fall? It yeah. takes you further. Yeah, further, further on the millennial side. Iced coffee. Toast. Iced coffee. We might pour yeah. our coffee over ice if it's really hot outside, but that's about as far as we're going. We're not. We're, ew, no, can I get a frappuccino? No, hell no. Give me, give me an iced americano. I'm good. <laughs> Yeah, you can take your millennial ass. That yeah, you're you're you're, 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 you're the Zinni tag. You're now officially millennial. Uh, I'm cutting each and every one of your Achilles tendons. I'm <laughs> I haven't straight, said anything. What are you straight, talking about? Straight, up, straight from the movie Hostel, just. Uh, so look, I this one this one's funny coffee side note. I actually do use cream and sugar. I'm a half and half kind of guy. Uh, fair, you know, but I can also drink it just straight and uh one time my wife's making my coffee and uh for those of you that don't know my wife is black and so she's making my coffee one time and she said how much cream and sugar i said just make it your color and she (laughs) so i look in the kitchen (laughs) and my wife (laughs) is holding her arm up to the coffee (laughs) cup I have a newfound respect for your wife at this point. She was, she didn't skip a beat, man. That's awesome. (laughs) She didn't skip a beat. No, she was like, really? I was like, yeah, I love your color that much. Everything about you. That just, she she was too, man. She was like, creamer, stir, look at the arm. (laughs) Like, I was like, and I was like, and it's perfect. Paint match color over here. She is my hero now. <laughs> so that's I like I like my coffee. When people say I like my coffee, like the, my, I like my women, I I I mean it. I like my well, coffee you, you, like you, I like. You mean it, yeah, yeah. I like my coffee like I like my 
woman. <laughs> that was... If I did that, my coffee would be milk. <laughs> white as hell. At least it's not a my, jar of mayonnaise white. My, my wife's albino as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Love her to death. But, I mean, we both are. I mean, I'm fucking Icelandic over here. And people are like, oh, you don't tan. And I'm like, <laughs> no. We burn. Uh, we we turn this lovely shade of Donald Trump. <laughs> Orange yeah. is shit because we can't. It's it's just the the come down of the burn. Yeah, you go into the sun with your wife, and it's like the, the scene from The Hobbit. If we burn, we shall burn together. Burns, it burns, take it burns, it burns forever. Filthy Hobbit says. Okay. Oh my god. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we all actually were hired by a school district to educate people. Still maintain hiring status at this. Yeah, and we're we're surprisingly good at it too. We're we we are. Uh, so I had a we kick ass and drink coffee. Yeah, they came in. They're like, Mister Ward, I brought coffee. I was like, No, you brought dirty milk. Get that thing away from me. <laughs> One of my kids came in, and they they were the sweetest thing in the world. They didn't know how I took my coffee. And mom was stopping at Starbucks and it was first period. And the kid's like, can we get Mr. Collier coffee? And they're like, do you know what he drinks? And like, no, it, but he just takes it right out of the pot and pours it in. And they're like, okay. So mom gets me coffee and she ends up putting cream and sugar and a lot of sugar, a lot of sugar in it. And the kid brings it to me and I'm like, oh, this, this is the sweetest thing I've ever seen. Wow. Thank you. So literally the sweetest thing. Yeah. Literally, but it was, <laughs> I was just like, the it, lucky touched ones. Soul, it touched my soul that the fact that you thought about it. But I'm like, oh, your mom needs to learn. It's <laughs> a tough. It's a tough thing when students come in and bring you things. I, I you know, I, yeah, I, I, it is, it is, it is. Yeah. One, I never want them to spend their money on me. No. Like, oh, oh yeah, definitely. I want to. I want to stop. You save your money for you. Do not worry about me. Like but they, you know, they want to go out and above and beyond. And either one, the kid is trying to be very sweet, or the kid's trying to get payback. I I have trust issues. <laughs> After a kid put freaking uh, scorpion peppers in my chocolate chip cookies, yeah, I'm not wow. Again. I haven't had that chapter of my teaching career yet where student wants to get payback for me. <laughs> well, I, oh. I have too many of them that joke about making special brownies. Oh yeah, uh, yeah mm. and then they bring me baked goods. <laughs> but you know, I'm like, are they joking? I'm fucking hungry. My fat kid is screaming right now. I didn't eat lunch. Max over there teaching. This is for the weed. It's for the weed. <laughs> Get a bag of dough for the bottom. Worry about it. I I, I honestly worry about. Damn that. right, it was a good day. <laughs> Brownies, and I'm like, please be joking, please be joking. Fuck. Oh no! It you know it's bad when a parent brings you the brownies and gives you this look. Like my kid wanted to make you brownies, so I decided to help him out. They fell asleep, so here you go. Nah, don't give me the Mm-mm. don't give me the wink. Excuse me for one moment. Do I ask in front of all these students? Can I even eat these right now? <laughs> Or am I going to be entering a new ethereal plane of consciousness? I actually had one. It was last week, and I was like, they're like, do you mind if I eat a brownie? And I'm like, what kind of brownie is it? 
Like, I wish I had some of them. Do you want me to bring you some? And I'm like, no. He's like, really? And I was like, they piss test here. <laughs> I'm trying to, like, just, just, don't, don't, just, don't even think about that shit. <laughs> um, I, I do love when students bring me stuff, though, because, you know, and, and I'm the same. Don't spend your money on me. Like, I love it when they draw me pictures. I have some amazingly oh, talented yeah. artists. Like, yes. they, the, uh, you know, like my student who made a bracelet for me and, and different things like that. Those are the things that last forever. The cards. Yes. Uh, but I had a student just randomly, Mr. Petto, what's your favorite candy bar? And I'm like, oh, Milky Way. You know, I didn't think anything of it. And then uh, in my box, I have this big pack of full Snickers and it had a note on it. I couldn't find Milky Way. I hope oh. this is okay. And I'm like, oh, this is somebody sawdust in my eye. Who's so much cutting onions in here? Stupid so, onions. I have, I have a similar story. So, like, the, come, going to a new school is just like learning all the staff and all the new kids and all that good stuff, right? So, one of my sixth graders last year was just was like, Mr. Well, I make, they're like, can I call you Mr. Out? No, it's Mr. Laguillo. If you can't get it right, we got a whole year to learn. So, you guys are good. <laughs> but they're like, Mr. Laguillo, um, can we? I was just like, what's your favorite kind of treat? I'm like, I'm not really a sweets person, but you know what I haven't had in a very long time is a caramel apple. And I was just joking because I love Ooh. caramel apples. Who doesn't? So I got so I got every single trimester, like I ha received two caramel apples on special days. Like I got one for the beginning of the school year, Halloween, Thanksgiving, nice. Christmas, uh, Valentine's Day. That one was a little iffy. I was just like, no, you know, it's Valentine's Day. It's like, I know, but my grandma wants to thank you, especially for all the extra tutoring. I'm like, okay, tell your abuelita. I appreciate it. Yeah, see, it's the gifts from the heart that really mean the most. Like Chad was saying, the the drawings. Like I had kids. You guys remember those old uh, heat beads that you used to make artwork on the beads and then put an iron to it and they'd melt together? Mm -hmm. um, I had kids make me like five baby Yodas, five Grogu's out of those things. And it's like the sweetest thing in the world or drawings or um, the, the kids who would bring in baked goods, cookies, everything else. It's like you're doing this because I told you not to spend money, but you're sharing because you have a kind soul. Yeah. So tough. It really is because I don't want them to ever be put out on my behalf. And it's tough. It's, it's because they want to share and they want to be, you know, uh, extend something of them to you. And you're like, Egh. so true. And it just, <laughs> back to the topic it's not gonna happen oh uh, it's fine like so, is killing us with the what was that here we are such a good wait, conversation wait. about kids and being nice and bringing us like was that in your camera roll? <laughs> that's what i'm is that in your camera roll oh no these are, these are real quick searches oh god so do we even want derailed <laughs> so while Man. they collect their while they collect themselves, let me ask you a Does the FAA regulate podcast? <laughs> <laughs> that is why we're called unprofessional development. Derail y'all. 
You guys, we have been like serious for the past like hour straight, like very or in line with everything we've wanted to do. And I was like, all right, I gotta screw these guys. You must accomplish, my friend. Twice, I thought I could come back from the second one. I'm like, all right, I'm good. I feel myself reading. Nope. I just saw Chad's face again, and he's laughing as I'm trying to talk. I know. Son of. Damn it, my stomach hurts from laughing so hard. <laughs> oh, to just, give a little, yeah, to give some just, context. Oh, God, Mikey <laughs> in listen- Texas. Oh, God. Yeah, Mikey in Texas. So to give a little context, listening audience, we have a group chat going on to kind of like, so do notes during the show, during the recordings, all this. And apparently, <laughs> we're just ribbing each other, apparently, and my lack, so a lack of a facial hair for me, I have to grow at other places. And the fucking pictures Mike has sent in this group chat have sent me to another stratosphere. For anybody yes. whose voice or uh, who's screenshotting this for later. Oh God! I'm so I'm recording the fact that I'm uh, laugh, uh, that I was laughing, and I'm screenshotting this, <laughs> and I'm taking just the picture and the comment, Mikey in Texas. And as I'm going to be laughing so hard, I'm making this a fucking TikTok. And I'm tagging all of you assholes in it. That is fine. Like, I have no shame. Go for it. I will be the first to comment. I I just... I I teach middle school. I have no shame. First the fucker got me with the goddamn... uh, Who's... who? That's not even... Tom Selleck. When you hit me with the... I had to shut off my fucking camera. I'm sorry. I was done. What? Why and everyone is he white? <laughs> Just insult the guy on every level. Just I need a timeout. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, that is UNPR. <laughs> I think honestly, I feel like that's a good place to kind of wrap this up because I think I think <laughs> I need a breather. <laughs> Mikey, we love you with your bald face. <laughs> I love y'all too. <laughs> and your barbacoa chest. <laughs> your overgrown chest hair. <laughs> oh, Mike. Mike, chest. I hate you so much. That was that last one. I'm dead. I I think I I haven't laughed that hard since I was a little school. Thank you. Uh, oh my I, goodness. It's but, like when you when you laugh so hard you almost fart. Like that part. But I think Almost? that's going to conclude this unprofessional <laughs> development. Oh, God. <laughs> so tune in next time to see us try to be serious, but then derail ourselves quicker and faster every single time. So we did so then. good this episode. I know. Yeah, we, did. we did. We were so focused. So we were focused. good. And then, then you disappeared and fell in whatever <laughs> the house you went to. And Mike went, just fuck it. I'm going. Full send. He saw his opening. He took it. Went straight like NPR. And our next uh, stays very serious. Leads us straight down this with Mikey off of the side. And it's like, all right. Too serious, too long. Yeah, we had enough of that. (laughs) I had enough of it. But until next time, this has been Unprofessional Development. And we'll see you next time. (laughs) See you. Lights.